my total cholesterol was 352. And I was like, that's probably really bad. And it is bad. <laughs> it was one of those things in the, in the movie Forks Over Knives, the guy who they helped to reduce his cholesterol, his cholesterol was less than that. And so I was like, oh boy. Even before I got home from the test, the phone was ringing from the pharmacy that my prescription was already ready. I know that I can cure this with diet. I know that I can do this well. If I just continue with my plant-based approach, things are gonna get better. And so that was what started my journey in August of 2019. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, and this is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen or a view or a download. Wherever it is in the world that you are, we appreciate the fact that you are here. And joining us as we raise your nutrition IQ five days a week, new episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Facebook and on YouTube, and here on Apple Podcast and wherever shows are available every Tuesday and Thursday. Man, do we ever have a story for you today? And this story is proof of two things. One, that change is possible. And two, that plant-based diets can do some amazing things for your health. In just a moment, I will be joined by John Brown. Now, John is an educator whose work-related trip to Africa would serve as the catalyst for a much more personal journey. At the time of this trip, John weighed well over 300 pounds, and that was easily the heaviest he had ever been in his life. And while that large waist told an unhealthy tale outside of his body, inside, there was also a war raging on his health. His cholesterol astronomically high. His heart at risk for simply giving out. And at that size for John, just moving around was difficult. And so while others on the trip to Ghana were having the time of their life, they're out exploring and they're sightseeing. John missed out on many of those adventures and seeing some of the most beautiful sights that that country had to offer. Because he was unable, and in some cases even unwilling, to exact the physical toll that would be required in order to do that. And frustrating as that was at the time and even embarrassing, what it did was to set the stage for a commitment to his health and a new dedication to his diet. Because when John returned from that trip, he began a beautiful metamorphosis. My next guest has a pedestrian name, but his story is 
anything but ordinary. At his heaviest, John Brown weighed 340 pounds and his cholesterol was off the charts. But thanks to a whole food plant-based diet, not only has he lost a significant amount of weight, but his cholesterol is in check and his life, he's got a brand new future ahead of him. So I can't wait to share his story with you. Matter of fact, I can't wait for him to share his story with you. So let's welcome John Brown to the exam room. Mr. Brown, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Chuck. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm I'm pumped that you're here, too, uh, because this bow tie is a first for the show, and this is exciting. You are a sharp-dressed man, my friend. Oh, thank you. You know, that's one of the things. I, I wear either a tie or a bow tie. Uh, all of last school year, actually, I wore a bow tie basically every day, but, uh, you know, I like to switch it up now. But wanted to wear this one because I did get this one uh, from uh, from Ghana. This is one of my uh, my keepsakes, just to remind me of, of that trip and and what that meant in my life. Yeah, Ghana playing such a pivotal part in your journey. But let's start years earlier and talk about putting on weight. Obviously, oh, yeah. you're not born 340 <laughs> pounds. So <laughs> when did the seed start to get planted for this obesity that you faced? Yeah, um, I, I've gone over this story many times um, in my head and in just sort of recounting. So why did we get here? And, and it had to be, uh, I was about eight um, or nine. And it was right when I started to, um, to learn how to make food for myself. Um, and, uh, and my parents uh, both worked. And so we, uh, we had to do that a lot. And so I, I learned a lot how to make sandwiches and like, uh, and cold cut sandwiches. Um, and just, I really did uh, over the summer between my uh, my third and fourth grade year put on a lot of weight. Um, that was the first part of the journey. The second part came when I transferred schools and, uh, and I no longer had to rely on the one styrofoam tray of food, but I could go back for seconds and thirds and fourths. And uh, and that was when and that was my fifth grade year and sixth grade year. And that was really when I saw my weight start to to shoot up there. Um, I just remember PE class and and uh, and we'd weigh in in PE class every couple of weeks and uh, in in sixth grade and seventh grade see my weight shoot up 150 170 200 220 I I know by the time I was in uh, in in eighth grade I was I was over 250 pounds mm. so um, that was a that was a story that just uh, uncontrolled eating and uh, and really uh, I was I was still active um, I I had actually developed um, uh, asthma. And so that really constrained some of the, uh, some of the things like conditioning, running and things like that in my life. So I didn't really do a whole lot of that. Um, but uh, I was, I played sports, I played basketball and football. Um, and that sort of kept my weight from, I guess, going too far out of, out of control. Um, but really, um, I, I, I got up to about 240, 250 when I was in eighth grade. Um, I regulated my weight through uh, through my athletic activity um, to about 225, and I kept it there um, through my high school and college uh, years, and I would fluctuate um, up and down between about 225 and like 270. Um, well, let me let me jump in here and and ask what kind of an emotional toll was this taking on you during those childhood years, those oh middle school and high school years, even as you said, elementary school, because yeah. I remember being overweight as a child and kind of always being a little bit embarrassed by that and being feared that I would be picked on or talked about behind my back. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. Um, I, I definitely um 
I remember things like having to wear my dad's pants, um, you know, to school. And, uh, and, and that was, that was tough. Um, people didn't say a lot, uh, to my face, but, you know, I knew that, um, that there was a lot of chatter going on, you know, behind my back. And so that was, that was, uh, kind of hurtful, um, not being able to do a lot of the same things that, uh, that other kids did socially, uh, uh, shirts versus skins was a super traumatic thing for me and Jim. Um, you know, not, not being able to, uh, to participate in, uh, in some of those activities that, um, you know, involve, uh, being lean and being fit. Um, that really, yeah, that, that took a really big social toll for me as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, fortunately for me, you know, I, I had, um, athletics, I was mildly athletic, um, at that time. So, uh, you know, being the being the biggest guy on the football field at an, at being 250 pounds in eighth grade was like a huge asset, like on the on the offensive and defensive lines. But you know, eventually it got to a point where it just was a it was a detriment. I wasn't I wasn't in in athletic shape. I was just big, and mm -hmm. uh, and and so that definitely took its toll socially, as far as like dating, as far as like uh, things like that. You know, that was. I, I, that was, I was beyond the pale in that I was, I, I was almost like one of those, uh, out of the question until later on in my high school years. When you were playing, uh, on the line, I know that some of the things that, I, I mean, I would kind of look to anything to justify continuing to eat the way that mm -hmm. I was and to justify my size. Mm -hmm. Did the fact that you were playing Iron Man on the line, both the sides of the <laughs> ball, did you say, well, this is my key to the buffet to keep going? Well, I mean, I, I was, uh, I was already the, the, the biggest kid, um, and that was part of the justification. I actually wasn't in, in control a lot of, of, of what I ate at home. Um, it's trying to decide between seconds and thirds at the lunch line. Now that's another thing entirely. And that was definitely encouraged on game days and things like that. Um, so that, that did uh, keep me going. It kept me, uh, you know, that idea of being, being the biggest guy on the line certainly uh, was a justification for sure. And as you got older, but still in the high school, did you have any conversations with your doctor about what mm. the long-term ramifications may be? No, I, I never, I, I don't remember having any health conversations beyond just like the thing that was uh, ubiquitous was I always had my asthma inhaler. You know, whenever I had to do anything involving more than just a fast walk, I had to just blast that asthma inhaler. And sometimes over the course of in the middle of games, I would have to take it again. And that was just that should have been a sign to me that, hey, man, maybe you're not in great shape. But, you know, I, I used that as a crutch for years and years and years. Um, I, I never had a direct conversation with a doctor about, um, you know, oh, you might want to change course. Um, I, I heard, I heard the phrase growing boy quite a bit. Um, but, but doctors never, uh, when I was, when I was at that age, never really said, Hey man, you, you're, you're 240 or you're 250. You may want to think about mixing in a salad or something like that. I, I actually didn't hear that. And then you advance into college. Did you play sports there at all? Or was high school the end of your athletic career? High school was essentially the end of my athletic career. Um, I did play intramurals um, and, and I, I stayed in shape reasonably that way. But 
I mean, that was that was the introduction to the late night um, pizza and and adult beverage crowd. Uh, sometimes the adult beverage preceded the pizza, and that's really the reason for the 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 weight fluctuation and weight gain. And so, my fluctuation between two twenty five and two fifty became a fluctuation between like two forty and two ninety because mm. of that. Uh, because of the, the the poor eating habits, the late night eating and just, you know, whatever, whatever you want to eat. And this is this that was actually the start of my um, I don't know. I like to call it almost like my Olympic eating where, you know, I would I would eat just large quantities of, of whatever it was. And that was like the and part of that was um, was uh, part of the uh, dealing with the emotions, the adjustment of having to of being in college and college was actually pretty difficult for me. Um, I ended up uh, dropping out after my first uh, during my third year of, of college um, because of just the emotional toll that I was I was undergoing and part of uh, dealing with that emotional toll of both being in school and not being able to deal with just the rigors of, of school and then being out of school and being ashamed of being out of school is just, I turn to food. I mean, food yeah. was the, the thing that that was 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 comfort. Food uh, food never let me down, and so food didn't judge me. Food didn't didn't tell me that I had to get up and go to class. And uh, you know that was that was one of those times when I just really started to to pack on um, the the pounds. Is that when kind of maybe an alarm started going off in your head a little bit and seeing that you're buying bigger and bigger pant sizes, mm. your shirt size was getting larger and larger as well? Yeah. Oh boy, that uh, for sure. And, and and the the depression piece of that, um, and and coping with with the 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 things that were going on in my life um, with food, uh, that I, there was a point where I just had to be like, okay, I have to have better eating habits here. Um, and, and this was, this was the first time that I, I really, um, embraced eating or eating less, uh, animal products came, uh, at, during one of these breaks in my, my prodigious eating cycles. Um, one of the, I guess it would that be the up cycle or the down cycle on the, on the diet roller coaster. I don't know, but, um, I ran into the book fit for life by Harvey and Marilyn diamond that, that really preached a lot of eating less of the, the animal foods and more of the, uh, the plant-based foods. And I, I, I did that and I, and I started to, to lose some of the weight and, uh, and that was great. But then, uh, you know, after losing that weight and having people say, you look wonderful. And then the social pressures of, of going back to that normal way of eating, you know, I, I really abandoned those ways pretty quickly at that time. So, but, but the seed I think was planted, um, with the, with uh, the plant-based approach. I knew that, that severely are re restricting or even eliminating uh, animal products at that point was was going to be a ticket for me towards uh, towards health um, and and towards weight loss. But I'm sure that you had tried other ways of mm. losing weight uh, previously. I mean, America is just famous for its gimmick diets and yo-yo oh, yeah. -yo dieting. I mean, <laughs> so talk about some of the more yeah. interesting attempts that you've had. Oh boy. Um, so I, I actually did lose a lot of weight, um, the summer, uh, before my, my second year in college. Um, I had, it was severe calorie restriction. I had, um, uh, a, a piece of toast, uh, for breakfast, uh, maybe an egg, and then I'd have a sandwich, a cold cut sandwich, uh, and a, and a plum 
for lunch. And then I'd have a, a bowl of ramen uh, for, for dinner. And that was like two ramen packets and a, and a flavor packet. And so that would be like my three meals a day, my severe calorie restriction and goodness, just with all the, uh, the, the stuff that I was, I was putting in there with, with all the processed meats and all the, the things like that, um, severe calorie restriction. I, I remember some of the things, um, uh, cabbage soup, grapefruit, um, you know, Atkins. I mean, I've, I've been down that road. I've, I've been in the, the, the high meat consumption category as well. I've done all, uh, you name it. I, I've, I've tried it in an, in an effort to, to reduce, uh, that number on the scale. And, and if, if it's extreme, um, and it causes weight to go down, I, I've probably done it. So, um, everything, but like the, the fen fen, not, none of the, the, uh, the dietary supplements or anything like that. Slim fast. I, I did, I did do shakes when I was in, in high school as well to try to get, get the weight down. I made it through about three or four days of that. And then, you know, Friday came out and it was pizza Friday at our house where, where we'd order pizza. And so that was the end of the shake experience. I, it would last a good week. Uh, but oh yeah. That was, that oh was yeah. It. But, but a lot of those, yeah, the, the, just anything to see that number go down on the scale. That was that was my philosophy for a while. And then, you know, I received my accolades or the event comes and and then I and then it's like, what next? What do I do next? Well, I go back to the way that I was eating before and the yep. weight comes back on. Yep, yep, yep. Man, you just hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Um, before we get to that that pivotal moment though, I want to ask you, how did you feel um mentally as you were going on these diets and you were mm. taking out the food that you had been used to those Friday night pizzas, oh, you sure. know, maybe you went a Friday or two without the pizza before mm. falling off the wagon. Did you right. kind of have a brain spaz as I like to put it, <laughs> uh, where you started craving these foods that you just weren't getting at the moment? Um, there was a, there was a moment in the process where I could rationalize and I could actually feel, Oh, I, I don't need those foods to, to get by. Um, but what I craved was social approval. And so once I received that social approval, it was it, whether it was if it was at a party or at a bar, whatever food was nearby, I was going to have a one man celebration with that food because, hey, people are starting to notice I'm starting to be a, an actual an entity in these social settings. And so now I'm going to well, well, I'm good now. I can I can go back to the my my previous philosophy, and then inevitably the weight would just come back on. So there there, I, it wasn't a craving. It, the, the more than anything, I craved that social acceptance. And so once right. I got that, I whatever whatever happened from that point, I was going to celebrate with food. All right, real talk for a second. Do you yeah. remember those moments in particular where you have been doing good for a number of weeks and mm -hmm. you're at that party and maybe it's that one piece of pizza or it's that one slice of cake or whatever yeah. the case may be? Do you remember the conversations that you had with yourself before you actually indulged? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> in those moments, I'll, I'll tell you, I went, I go blank. I go blank. I it's it's almost like that's an automatic response that there's no there's no angel on one shoulder, devil on another shoulder. It's a it's 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 it was almost like an involuntary response. And as I was starting to really root out the problems in in my eating habits, I had to I had to break that circuit. I had to break that connection between 
a positive feeling and then immediate reward with not just food, but all the food. That's the, that's the thing that really derailed me. And then comes the shame cycle, right? Oh, it's not perfect. I messed up. And so now people are not going to accept me socially and one meal becomes two weeks. And, and I'll tell you, I've put on 20 pounds in two weeks. And, and that's, that's a demoralizing thing to see or to feel the, the, the new pair of pants that you bought no longer fit you. And then you have to face those same people who, who had given you accolades because you had done so well. Now you have to face them with more extra weight and you don't want to face them anymore. So you hide even more and you self-medicate with food even more. And 20 pounds becomes 50 pounds, becomes 60 pounds, becomes another uh, 80 pounds, 100 pounds. And now you're worse than what you were before. That's the cycle that I felt like I had to break. And that's finally what I, what I broke, um, when, when, after I came back from Africa and, but that, but we're talking about two decades of, of that same spiral time after time after time. Oh yeah, man. That, that 20 year roller coaster can yeah. be emotionally as emotionally brutal as it is physically brutal. Right. I, I mean, geez, Louise, the, the swings that come with that, but you just mentioned uh, the Africa trip. So let's yeah. fast forward uh, in that 20 year span. One of the diets that you tried was that whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. And it was one of those cases where you did lose a significant amount of weight, 40 pounds. And your colleagues actually began calling you the incredible shrinking man. That's right. Unfortunately, it didn't stick, but we're going to get to that in just a second. I want to mm -hmm. flash forward now to 2019 and this trip to sure. Ghana, uh, West Africa. So uh, let's let's talk about this. You're overweight, probably yeah. close to your maximum weight at that point, 340 yeah. pounds. Right. That's a long flight for a big guy. How oh. are you feeling about that? I was, I was really, I was excited to go to Ghana, but, the, but I was, I was secretly, I was secretly hoping not to be able to go to Ghana for some reason, because I did not want to deal with, with the flights. I did not want to have to wedge myself in those seats for hours. And really, since I, I'm somebody who doesn't like to draw a lot of attention to himself, I, I also didn't want my size to affect my seatmates. That was another really big thing. So everything about international travel. So a couple of weeks before uh, the, the trip, I spent uh, at, at, at the gym, uh, on the treadmill, uh, doing some intervals, trying to get some pounds off just so I could, I wouldn't need a seatbelt extender. And, uh, and I didn't actually need a seatbelt extender, just barely. So that was like, I considered that a small victory, but I knew, I mean, I was, I was miserable on the, I mean, long, you can't, you can't, avoid a long flight across the big ocean, um, which I, I didn't. Uh, so it was un it was uncomfortable. And, uh, and it, it really did. I, I knew when I landed in Accra, I knew that I, I didn't want to go back. First of all, I didn't, I knew in two weeks, I was going to have to do the same thing. And what was that going to look like? But then I knew once I once I landed at home again, I was going to have to make some serious changes in my life. Right, right. Boarding the plane to go to Ghana. Do you remember, was there a sense of anxiety as you took that step onto the plane? Oh because oh for boy. me, I remember feeling like everyone on there was looking at me yeah. and just my yeah. heart was boom, 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 boom. Yeah. What was my, that like for you? Yeah. I was I, on every leg of the flight. I was kind of in the, the middle 
towards the end of the boarding process. And when I got to my seat, there was nobody else in the seat. And so I was hoping on all of those flights that I somehow managed to luck into having my, this, the one or two seats up, up beside me so that I could, I could just spread out. <laughs> And so as it turns out on each of the legs, uh, one of the last people to board uh, was one of the people who was had to wedge in beside me. And I almost wanted to be like, sorry, I almost wanted to apologize to them. But then I didn't want to, again, draw attention to myself. But yes, there was a lot of anxiety. Uh, there was a lot of anxiety actually with even getting up to to go to the bathroom. I mean, that I had anxiety of, OK, am I going to be able to, to fit in the aisles? Am I going to am I going to? Um, be able to get back in my seat and get comfortable now that you know I've, I've I've extricated myself from this position. It was it was very very anxious um, mm-hmm. there on the flights for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm she's Louise. I I I don't wish that on anybody. No, and my heart goes out to everyone who's still experiencing that when they travel because it is the least fun. In your case, what probably fourteen hours or so that you'll ever spend in the air. It was uh yeah all told we we spent with layovers and things it was it was a good almost a day um trip we landed finally in Accra uh, about 23 hours after we departed so it was yeah it was I don't I, I agree with you I don't I don't wish that on anybody uh, my heart goes out to to anyone in that position and uh and yeah it was it was tough so now you're actually in Ghana mm-hmm. and you're scouting because the following year you're supposed to go back with a group of high school, I believe it is juniors. But yes. what kind of activities were happening while you were on this scouting trip? Yeah, um, this trip was a medical outreach. So um, we were, uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm a teacher. Uh, so I didn't do any actual medical stuff. But I, my job was to assist uh, medical professionals. I, I was in triage. Um, so I got to sort out um, the, the people who came uh, from, from miles around to this tiny village because they knew that this health outreach was going on. Um, and so I got to, to sort out uh, the, when they came in, um, I would write down their conditions. And when they left, um, you know, I would, I would make sure that they got the care that they came for. Um, and so that was, uh, that involved you know, uh, sitting and that involved, you know, uh, uh, being in one position, and and thankfully we were out of the the sun all day. But uh, but the place that we held this medical outreach was a bit of a walk from the village where we where we stayed, and uh, and even that um, in in what what people who are, are native to that area would consider to be a fairly mild uh, climate at that time was just a. I mean, when, by the time I got to the, the the medical outreach place from the village, I was already just pouring with sweat. Um, I just sweat all the time, all day long, even when the skies were overcast. Um, it was just, uh, I mean, it was it was uncomfortable um, and could have been could have been a lot more uncomfortable. Um, but but that was that was my position in there. But um, but yeah, so it was it was generally a medical outreach where we we were helping people just with with ailments that could be addressed um, in that. And there was some recreational hiking that uh, your group was doing as well, right? Yes. So the first before the medical outreach, we did um, almost like a, a a tour of uh, of Ghana. We went to um, we went to the Cape Coast. We saw Elmina Castle. Um, we hiked in the Shy Hills. 
Um, and we, we did a couple of other, oh, we went to, um, Asasi, uh, beach. Um, we did things like that. And, uh, this was the, this is actually my, the, the photo from, from my, uh, my success story in, in for, Forks Over Knives where, um, we're, we're hiking and I am, I'm already deathly afraid of heights. And, and here we are hiking, um, in the shy Hills and we get to this thing that, I mean, this place that it, it literally looks like pride rock on the lion King. And so here we are on, on this pride rock place. And I have to take a, a photo and, you know, I had done this work on the treadmill and things like that. And I had the person take the photo and I'm like sucking in my stomach and stuff like that. And, and so he shows me the photo and I'm like, that's me. Wow, that's yeah. me, huh? I, I was, I was, I was stunned. I was just, I was like, okay, so that's that's what I look like, and I was just, just gobsmacked for the rest of the time. I was like, all right, that's that's what I look like, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew. I mean, I, I had to just, you know, the fact that I was, I was uh, on this hike that wasn't a super intense hike and was really struggling. And then just the way that I looked in the, in the photo um, was, was again, another just real serious call to what are we doing here? I mean, I've, I've got three kids, I've got a beautiful wife um, who all want to see me not just survive until, until they are, they're out of the house and living their lives, but thrive, but be able in a, in a position to, um, to, to be present and be active in those moments in their lives. And so, that was that that photo and that I actually still have that outfit and I, I put it on and, and 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 take photos of myself in that outfit every just to show my progress of how different I look uh, from from when I was hiking in the shy hills on that day. Night and day, my man, night and day. But something else that happened on that uh, hike, I was a real pivotal moment for you. Um, you wrote in this eloquent, this beautiful yeah. column that you penned for Forks Over Knives about a rickety metal ladder. Oh, Tell us yeah. the story about that. <laughs> so uh, so the, the Shy Hills are a historic uh, place. It's where during the, the Ashanti Wars, um, some some of the tribesmen hid in these in these caves away from the British soldiers, or the the women and children hid, and the old people hid while the warriors went out and fought these the British soldiers. And you can get the regular old tour, which is what I was struggling through these these places, and and I, I managed to hike up. And then you could you could hike your way up, and you could climb up these metal stairs and get what they described as an, an amazing view of just the, the countryside around you. Um, and I was at 340, I was just, I wasn't, I could, I could already see. And with my latent, my fear of heights already, I was like, um, I'm going to let somebody else go ahead and, and, uh, and try that, those, that ladder. I can't get on that ladder. I might pull down that ladder with, with being 340 pounds. And I don't want to, if I get up, there's no guarantee that I'm going to get back down again. And so um, that was one of the things that I felt like, oh man, I, I'm just, I'm missing out on this because if I was a hundred pounds lighter, if I was 150 pounds lighter, I'd have no problem. But here I am at 340 and I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling to try to, to try to keep up. And, and again, I'm one who doesn't like to draw attention to themselves, but I was just, I was trying to find excuses not to, not to make it up those stairs. Most of the people in the, in our party did manage to go up the stairs and, and I had to make some sort of lame excuse and not make it about my weight. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, this is, this is not good. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we chuckle about it a little bit now, but at the yeah. time, I mean, it oh, just boy. sucks. Yeah. It was <laughs> a killer. It was yeah. a killer. 
Yeah. So you, you miss out on the view of a lifetime. Then you have to repeat the cycle flying all the way back home on the plane. Yeah. You know, all the emotions that go with that. Right. But then shortly thereafter, you're in the doctor's office for huh. an annual physical. What oh, do yeah. you learn then? Huh. Well, I learned uh, that that despite my my best efforts, and and by this time, this is the end of August now, um, and by this time, I had committed myself to I I was gonna I was I was not gonna eat any more animal products, um, and so I had my last animal meal um, in the in the airport in the Atlanta airport. I remember it was like a, a honey chicken meal, um, and I was like, "That's it. I'm not eating any more of this stuff." Um, but uh, but. Uh, the damage was already done apparently because when I, I had my checkup, my my total cholesterol was three three fifty two, and I was I actually remember and I I I remember this from I was like that's probably really bad and and, and it is bad. <laughs> it was one of those things in the in the movie Forks Over Knives. They were saying you know the 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 guy who they they helped to reduce his cholesterol, his cholesterol was less than that, and so I was like oh boy, I'm in I, I I'm thinking. My doctor wanted so bad to put me on a statin. I mean, even before I got home from the from the the test, the 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 phone was ringing from from the the pharmacy that my my prescription was already ready. <laughs> he was that committed to putting me on a statin. I was I I had to beg and plead with him that I I know that I can cure this with diet. I know that I can do this well, if I if I don't go on this statin, if I just continue with my plant-based approach, things are going to get better. Um, he was skeptical, um, and he he didn't think that I could get my 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 LDL, um, which was my LDL was actually 282 of that 352. So my HDL was almost almost in the acceptable range, but my LDL was just just off the charts. Hmm. He didn't think that I could get it below. Um, below 160 without statins. And so he was very, very skeptical there, but he said, all right, you got three months. You can, let's see if you can do it. And so that was, that was what started my journey in August of 2019 at that 352 number. I mean, I, it's just like a, and then all the, all the, all the other numbers that you don't really, you don't really get tested very often. Um, the, the really high level, this is what's, what's the size and what's the type of particle. All those were bad too. All those were well outside of an acceptable range. And he, he was like, you know, you could have, you could have an incident at any moment and it could, and, and this is, this is really serious and you need to get serious. And I, I assured him that I was already on the road to getting serious by the point that, by the time that, that, that physical happened. All right. I want for you to straight shoot me here, John. Yeah. You had tried the whole food plant-based diet previously, had some success, but mm -hmm. inevitably it wound up being another failed diet. That's right. What were your expectations going into it this second time? Yeah. Um, well, I, I laid that after doing the, the research on the, of the effects of, of, um, uh, excessive animal product consumption on cholesterol. I kind of laid that high cholesterol, that life risking cholesterol number at the feet of animal product consumption. So I was ready to just to, I, I was ready to just walk away and just never look back. So my expectations were, all right, I'm going to find out, I'm going to find a way to eat plants for the rest of my life. And whatever happens from this point, I'm, I'm not going to, it's not going to be a self-inflicted wound that's going to cause me to fall here. I'm going to do everything I can to try to regulate this, to try to make it better. So I wasn't, it what there was no time limit on, on where this was going. There was a, all right, this is reality. Now 
<laughs> I've already tried it my way. My way has been terrible. My way has gotten me to a, 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 a really dire health situation. And so now it's time to try another way. Beyond your cholesterol, what were your other motivations for doing this? Because when it comes to success of changing or revolutionizing your health, you have to have that why. Oh, so yeah. what was your why? I, well, I've got four whys at home. I've got my beautiful wife um, who, you know, she's stuck with me through everything. Um, and and we've, have, we've got three beautiful kids um, who are just watching every move that we make. Um, the, that's so huge. Um, just being able to be there, um, for their lives, being able to, to model for them good behavior, to model for them, just overcoming, um, some of the, the struggles. It, it, it could be food. It could be anything, uh, to start at a place of, of uncertainty, to start at a place of, of, of not being proficient and, and just through consistent effort, um, uh, getting better and doing well, and and then going from from sur existing to surviving to thriving, um, that my family is a huge why. Um, but then I also just kind of turned to uh, the the world at large. Uh, I I also got really involved with um, with just uh, with groups on social media. And especially Facebook is really great for for groups involving plant based eating um, and 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 intermittent fasting approaches and things like that. Um, and I really have a heart for people who who started where I was, um, who started with a feeling of it's not even it doesn't even have to do with the number on the scale, but it has to do with a feeling of hopelessness, a feeling of I. I cannot get out of this. And I really wanted to be able to reach back to people who were in that situation and say, hey, I want to just show you my story. And I know that you can get through this. I know that, that and, and, and not only that, but I don't want you to be in a position that I felt like I was, where there was nobody there to help me. I want to help you. I want to be there every step of the way. So I've got, I've got family. Um, that's a big why. And then I've got people um, who are, I, I really do look to people who are in that, that same position that I was just to, I just want to reach back and help them and pull them up to where I am. And then some people will just take off like a rocket and go past me. And that's great. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Yeah, you never, you never know, you know, what point at what point in people's life and what people's development you reach them. It could be that like me, I needed a few times. I needed to see it a few times and be like, uh, is this really going to work forever? <laughs> like, I'm going to give up cheese forever? Or is it going to be like, you know, I, some people are at that stage, right? And some people are just at rock bottom and they need to, they need that rocket boost. And so wherever those people are, that those are, I, I just want to, I just want to help them. And as you're starting to lose weight and your numbers begin to improve, what were the conversations like with your skeptical doctor? They must have just been floored. <laughs> oh boy, my doctor. My doctor is a wonderful human being because he, unlike a lot of people I've seen, like he he changed his view like like that. I mean, he saw the results in me and not just the physical results, but the blood work results. And he asked, so, so you're just, 
you're just doing a plant-based approach? <laughs> yes, I'm doing a plant-based approach. And uh, he, he did ask me at one point, he was like, um, I, wanna, I wanna make a study out of you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to be a study, but uh, he, he definitely, um, where, he went from a point of skepticism uh, of saying that, you know, I don't, he didn't think that I could get my, my uh, LDL number below 160. And then in, in March um, of, of last year, right at the beginning of COVID, I had my, my last uh, appointment um, and, uh, and my, my LDL was at 79, which, which I, it was basically like almost a quarter of it what it was before. And he was like, all right, you just keep doing what you're doing and, uh, and we'll be fine. So man. he definitely, and oh, one of the things he asked me was like, do you have a, do you have a YouTube channel or something like that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe I should start one, but, but he was very excited. He, he got very excited about it. Oh, I, I can't imagine he'd be anything less than thrilled, man. Um, just a, a couple of questions left as we wrap up here. Um, you talk about this health journey being more than just losing weight. It begins that way, but there's so much more that goes into being healthy than just losing weight. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, boy. That is the biggest lesson that I think I've learned on this, which is my final journey on the, I, I hopped off the, the diet roller coaster with this thought. It's not about seeing a number on a scale because you, you would do anything or I, in the past, I've done anything just to make that scale move. I would, I would, I would deprive myself of this or eat that or, and, but, but I've got to, one of the things I understand is that total body wellness and lifelong health depend a, a lot more on those other little things that sometimes actually might cause a slight and temporary gain on the scale, right? And so when I step on the scale to these days, I, I just tell myself, this is a data point. This is just a data point. This is not, you did not do, you're not doing what you're doing for what this says on the scale today. It's all about just the bigger picture. This is a data point. This is going to be a tiny little blip when you get to where you want to go. <laughs> this is just going to be another blip. And so, yeah, I, I don't I don't think of my number on a scale as a be all end all. I pursue uh, with with the way that I look at preparing my food, the way that I look at eating my food. Um, I see that more as the uh, the end product of, of of a bunch of tiny decisions that I make well before I step on a scale. And so that's the, the, the pursuit is no longer uh, the number on the scale. The pursuit is, all right, my heart rate, what's my resting heart rate? Or well, again, my cholesterol, what am I able to, to play around with my kids in the backyard? Or, you know, do I want to, you know, do I want to teach my daughter how to play chess as we did this weekend? You know, do I want to, to do things with my body and my mind? Am I still sharp? Am I still, you know, able to, to do those things that my, my kids and my wife expect their, their dad and their husband to do? And so that is, that transcends any number uh, because you know, once you reach, if you if you shoot for a number on a scale, it's like you're 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 wily e. coyote and you 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 catch the road runner. You know, it's like what now? <laughs> what do I do now? I already reached that. But if you look at it as a journey and you're you're pursuing the best you, the best you doesn't doesn't correspond necessarily to a number on a scale. And so I would there's there's no other point in my life that I would have been able to say that. And I I, I consider that to be a, a real big step towards lifelong health. 
And final question, what did you discover about yourself personally beyond just getting healthy? What did you discover about yourself throughout this process? Yeah. The biggest thing is I, I don't have to listen to that uh, that voice in my head that says after I do receive that positive social acclamation that I have to reward myself with food. I don't have to give in to that. I, I, and I do know that it's going to be a, a battle for as long as I, I live uh, because I have that in me. But I don't have to give in to that. And I can choose health over choosing that temporary satisfaction that really does come with the, with the tip of my tongue and a few hundred taste buds. That's the thing that's being appeased. The rest of my life is being wrecked by that decision, right? And so I that that to me is something that that in every decision point I can take that into and 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 that's gonna lead me to even greater health as we go along this road. John Brown, just an incredible, inspiring story. I am so happy for you and so grateful that you were able to join us here today. Thank you, Chuck, for having me. I really appreciate being here. I do love a good inspirational story, kind of story that just makes you feel good, all kinds of inspired. And it's easy to see why that story was one of the most shared over on the Forks Over Knives website in 2020. No doubt about it. Phenomenal, phenomenal story. So proud of John. I'll tell you though, I want to follow up on what it was he and I were talking about a little bit earlier as far as flying while being overweight. Now, here is some insight into just how strong of a hold food can have over a person. Both of us knew that we had these long flights coming. We knew that it was going to be a struggle to get into the seat. We knew it could be embarrassing. We knew for sure it was going to be uncomfortable. And yet, and yet, leading up to that trip, despite all of the dread, neither one of us did a darn thing to change our eating habits. And I suspect that it's that way for a lot of people. That is the power of food. And that is why it is so important that we learn about what causes our brain to think that way? How we're able to motivate ourselves to continue that unhealthy downward spiral despite knowing the consequences full well. So with that in mind, if there is someone in your life who is struggling, have compassion for them. They are quite literally in a fight for their life. But as you just heard from John, it is a fight that they can win. They don't have to be another statistic. They don't have to become another statistic in a world where heart disease and cancer and early death have sadly become the norm. It doesn't have to be that way. And change begins with the food that is on the table. And the science and all of the studies have shown time and again that the healthiest choice that you can make is to ditch the meat, ditch the dairy, and begin to eat a plant-based diet. 
Right now, you can find a link to John's story on the Forks Over Knives website. I put it in the episode notes. And I also put up some before and after photos of John showing this amazing transformation. You can check those out on my Twitter and Instagram account at Chuck Carroll WLC in both places. That, my friend, is inspiration at its finest. Being an educator, imagine what John's students must think, right? How proud they must be of him. So let's go ahead and help to inspire some more people. Let's reach those who need to hear John's story the most, become inspired and realize that they can change. They need that little reminder. And one of the things you can do to help reach a person in that spot, really easy. If you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the exam room by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcast and Spotify, wherever shows are available. Hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star rating. Because when you do that, it helps the show climb in the rankings. And the higher we climb in the rankings, the more pub we get and the easier it becomes for people who need this information, need this inspiration to find it. So let's help them out. Go ahead and subscribe to the exam room by the Physicians Committee. Leave that five-star rating and do your part to help make the world a healthier place. I want to say thank you one more time to John Brown for sharing this incredible story with us here today. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>